0: I'm Jason Nichols, and I'm on the left. And I'm Vince Colonnays, and I'm on the right. And, and if, we if we can't, can't find, find common, common ground, ground in this, this world, world today, today, then we're all just travelers passing each other in an international airport. And this great American experiment will be relegated to the trash bin of history. So let's come together to debate without yelling, and, and let's, let's save this, this nation. nation. A look at the ongoing war inside Ukraine and the effort to get people out. It's ahead on Vincent Jason Save the Nation. Vincent Jason Save the Nation is brought to you by Goldco. Hey
1: everybody, welcome back to Vincent Jason Save the Nation. I'm Jason Nichols. Of course, I'm here with my good friend and colleague Vince Colonies, and we have a special guest coming from a special place right now.
0: It's a Vince. and it's a tough place. Yeah, we're, let's uh, let's welcome in uh, Brian Stern. He's an ex uh, U.S. Army lieutenant and the founder of Project Dynamo an organization that is being run by civilians attempting to save Americans and allies from places all across the world uh, in crisis, places like Afghanistan and now Ukraine. Brian, thanks for joining us. Where are you speaking to us from today? Uh,
2: right now, I'm, uh, I really can't tell you where I am. Okay. Uh, it's more of a security thing, but I, I'll tell you that I'm uh, south of Kiev. I'm south of Kiev and I'm east of the Romanian border.
0: Okay. And, and so have you uh, have you encountered any of this combat uh, any of the fighting that's going on there as the Russians invade Ukraine?
2: Yeah, we uh, we uh, we did our first operation yesterday. Uh, technically, I guess it was the day before. Uh, it's all kind of a blur right now. But uh, we were uh, we were actually awake. We were actually awake when the first missiles when the first missiles uh, hit hit Kiev. Uh, it shook our building. Uh, it shook our building that uh, that we were in. And that was the trigger to start our first rescue operation, which has already been conducted. And uh, we already got people. Uh, we already got people to the border. And our second one is underway as I speak to you right now.
1: Now, I, I wanted to ask a little bit about the logistics, if, if you're able to talk about it now, how exactly are you getting people to the border? You know, um, is it by car? Because we've seen these long backups of people trying to get out of Kyiv. Um, how, how is that actually taking place?
2: Uh, so our drive yesterday uh, was about 20 hours, uh, about 20 hours from Kiev to the border. Uh, we we actually broke it up. We we uh, went from Kiev and we came down uh, to a spot um, close to the border. Uh, kind of a uh, uh, think of it as like a one star hotel kind of a place. Uh, we bedded down there. That uh, we bedded, bedded down for the night. And then, um, and then uh, I, I pushed them out to the border. I was supposed to go with them to the border, but I have another bus coming down. And I frankly didn't want to be tied up in the traffic at the border. So I pushed the evacuees with my bus across and, uh, and I stayed put here to receive bus number two. How are you uh,
0: deciding who to help rescue? Like, how do people get in touch with you? I'm just, uh, you're, I, my understanding is, as I was reading in the intro here, that you're trying to help Americans and allies. Uh, who are you there to support?
2: Uh, so we'll move anybody say we'll move anyone that is safe and safely le- safely and legally um the the missiles don't seem to know if you're an american or ukrainian or right. uh, chinese or polish or whatever so we're happy to we're happy to move um anybody and everybody as an american and i'm a, a, a as an american and as a veteran I'm partial to Americans, but on this on this first operation, it was actually mostly Romanians that we got across the border.
0: When did you arrive in the region, Brian? Uh,
2: just short of two weeks ago.
0: Two weeks ago, and and since have you been making have you been evacuating people during that whole time frame, or did this no. just kind of ramp up as the attack started?
2: Yeah, so so we were so Dynamo Dynamo was formed during literally during the the Afghanistan evacuation uh, that didn't go so well uh but but and we've been pretty prolific there we, right. we have, we've rescued more Americans rescue we've brought more Americans to the United States from Kabul directly actually than the US government has. so um bit better, more than the military. so um you know we we are really creative and really innovative in swimming the lanes of international diplomacy and bureaucracy right That's really what Dynamo is at its core. When Ukraine kicked off, when it started to heat up, we, we got asked by one of our donors who had given us money for, uh, for the Afghanistan peace. Mm-hmm. And um, it, and it was honestly, they had business equities in Ukraine. He had, he's a software guy. And he says, I'm happy to donate to you because you guys are so good and all that good stuff. But but he goes, actually, I actually have people who I know now that are under duress. He didn't have any connection to the war in Afghanistan. And he asked, he said, is Dynamo going to do is are you going to support the you know Ukraine? And I I kind of sat back and I said like I don't know we're doing Afghanistan stuff all the time like we are saturated with that like yeah. I I kind of pushed back a little bit and as I reflected it mm-hmm. occurred to me we have the opportunity to to build out the human and physical infrastructure before it's a crisis yeah before missiles start flying so one of the, you know I'm a I'm a guy who speaks in like metaphors all the time and analogies I'm, I'm one of those. So uh, one of my big taglines for our, U- for our, U- for our Ukrainian operation is, no, I always say, Noah built the ark before the flood and he didn't build it in a weekend. That's kind of how I approached mm-hmm. uh, Ukraine. The Ukraine piece was let's get on the street when the missiles aren't flying, maybe nothing happens. If nothing happens, Ukraine is a beautiful place that I've never been to before. Mm-hmm. Another good reason to come here. I've been to Afghanistan a lot. I have never been to Ukraine and let's learn the streets, let's learn the people, let's learn some of the cultural nuances. And let's see if we can come up with some creative ideas for if the worst should happen, what can we do? Right. You know, what, 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 what what is possible? And it's a very hard thing. It's a very hard thing to to try and understand what Vladimir Putin is going to do before he does it.
0: But did those evacuations begin as the missiles began flying? Is that when you started evacuating people?
2: Correct. Once once the missiles flew, we were wheels up in uh, about 90 minutes to two hours. Wow.
1: So Lieutenant, I I, I have a question and, and that is, what is the plan if you encounter, uh, on one of your rescue missions, if you encounter the Russian military, like how, how are you going to deal with that? Do you have a plan for, for how that will go? All we
2: can use, uh, so, uh just as a point of clarification, I was, uh, enlisted in the army and an officer in the Navy. So, uh, when I was in the army, I, I wasn't a Lieutenant. I was, uh, much lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> okay. uh, I, was a, I wasn't a boot. I was a flip-flop. Um, but, uh, um the only thing that we can do is be nice. That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we are unarmed. We are unarmed. We are humanitarian. We're a humanitarian NGO. I'm not going to, what, what else could I do? Right. What else could I do? I would ask, right? Is If I'm looking at a platoon-sized element of, of Russian soldiers with AK-47s, and I have a busload of 20 Americans, yeah. not exactly wise for me to do anything but be as nice and polite as I possibly could be and demonstrate to them that we are of no threat and that we're just you know, 20 really good friends now who are on a bus trip. Uh,
0: I've heard some reports that people are charging uh, incredible sums of money to get people out of the country because of the difficulty finding transportation. There, there were reports that people were paying upwards of 10,000 American dollars just to get transport out of the country. Uh, have you heard anything about this? And, and you know, yeah. I imagine there are people who are very desperate to get aboard your buses.
2: Yeah, uh, so we, we we this is the same in Afghanistan also. There were organizations that were charging, you know, $100,000 a seat in the first week of September to get out of Afghanistan. Mm. And you would say, well, I have a family. It's my, you know, me, you know, I've got a mommy, a daddy and four, you know, and three kids. Well, that sounds like half a million bucks. And I, you would say, I don't have half a million dollars. And the the, you know, quote unquote, rescue organization would say, sounds like you have a problem. Next. So um, with Dynamo, nobody pays. Uh, What's interesting about Dynamo, we are all volunteers. Uh, So if you don't, this is actually a a good point to make, right? A good segue. Um, uh, We are a donor funded organization with no endowment or, you know, Amazon hasn't sponsored us or something like that. We don't have that. So we are a donor sponsored organization and we're all volunteers. I am not paid. I don't draw a salary. I'm not, I I get paid the same if I rescue one person or a hundred people, zero. So, so uh, we don't believe we don't, you know, this is about helping people not about making business. So we've never charged anyone for a seat on an airplane. We've rescued hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people uh, by, by land and air out of Afghanistan. We've, we, it it seems like uh, inhumane to charge money. You know what I mean? If you have those kinds of resources by all means, by all means, I don't. I don't judge. Uh, you know, if, if you ha- if you're a wealthy guy or a wealthy, you have a wealthy family, and someone charges you that money and you can afford to pay it to get you to safety, and that's okay for you. God bless you. That's that's an open seat for for someone who doesn't have it. Right. Uh, so, I, I don't. I don't. I don't judge the uh, the other groups that do that, and I don't judge the people that pay that. For us, I, like I can't even. We we don't have the bandwidth to even like. Manage that if we wanted to, to like send us a credit card or something. Like uh-huh. I, I don't even know. We're drowning in the the paperwork now. I can't even imagine right having to do like receipts and stuff. That'd be insane. <laughs> That's
0: what What about uh, families? I, I we've seen some videos of, of fathers um, saying goodbye to their families. I, I imagine as as you've gone through this process, there have been some stories that have really touched you while you've been there. Um, what are you encountering?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, again, drawing draw a parallel to the Afghanistan, um, uh, scenario, the, um, these last six months that I've been doing this, I, I, I'm, a, this is new to me. We, we founded Project Dynamo in my living room in like August 15th or something. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're a new organization, uh, uh, which is awesome because we're like a startup. That's just, you know, we're, 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 uh, I'm very proud of how, how many things we've done, you know? yeah. Um, but uh, um, the last six months, I've had the most painful conversations of my entire life. I've had, I've had fathers cry to me, I've had mothers cry to me, I've had children beg me, um, and sometimes you gotta say no, and sometimes you have to say, it's not up to me. I, I don't get to issue visas, I'm right. not the government. So if you don't have a passport and you don't have a visa, I, I, there's not much I can do to fix that problem other than tell you to go to the embassy and in this case, the embassy is closed just like Afghanistan. Yeah. So, you know, you need a visa to come to America. Well, how do I get a visa? I don't know. I don't know. And then they say, well, I don't want to leave my wife behind. And I say, I understand. I get it. But there's nothing, not a whole lot that I can do to fix it, yeah. which is very, 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 very painful. I've been offered um, all kinds of things, all kinds of things. Um I've, been, I've had men, men and women and mothers and fathers and children beg me to, uh, it's, it's gut-wrenching. It really is. We've had six months of it. And I will tell you that the Ukraine, the Ukraine, Ukraine problem set is going to make Afghanistan look like a joke. That's my prediction. That's what I think. I think we, number one, we haven't seen anything yet from Vladimir Putin. I think he's just getting warmed up, number one. Uh, number two, the Red Army is not exactly known for its sensitivity and hospitality of people that it conquers. It's really not, right? Uh, everyone thinks that the Germans have invented concentration camps. That's a matter of historical falsehood. It's not true. Uh, you know, the, the Russians are are a brutal army. They are. Uh, and the volume, the, vo- the sheer size and volume of the problem set pales Afghanistan uh, to a very, very, very uh, large scale, it's a it's. This is the second largest country in Europe. Mm. So, I mean, just in ma- just in land mass, right? Just on land mass. Doing an evacuation, the, the drive from Kabul to Shurkan Bandar in Tajikistan is is like eight hours, nine hours. The drive from Kiev to Romania, we did twenty hours plus yesterday. Wow, just just pure, yeah, straight up just distance. And then when you say, "Well, there's no gas; you can't get gasoline, and there's a gas shortage," well, guess what? Twenty hours of gas on a bus—how is that happening? H- how do you solve that problem? And that's, what is, what, that's
0: what's the answer to that? It,
2: that's that—that that is what Dynamo is really good at. That is our expertise: is saying, yeah. "Okay, here's a here's a very large number, and let's break it down to the prime numbers and solve for x, yeah. and and figure out all kinds of weird, crazy." Uh, you know, creative and innovative ways to make these turkeys fly. But it is very, it's very difficult. It really is. And in this environment, because it's so, cha- you know, it's so fluid, you know, it didn't occur to me, it, it didn't occur to me until just the other day. Uh, I, I, I'm a 9 first, I was a 9-11 first responder on 20, uh, in, on, uh, on 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. I survived both collapses. I supported the invasion of Afghanistan. I supported the invasion of Iraq. This is the first time I've been on the receiving end of, a, of an invasion. I've never felt inferior from a firepower perspective and from a standing perspective until now. It's a very, it's, it's actually a, um, uh, psychologically, it's, it's actually fascinating, right? I've never, I've never been invaded before, right? I've been attacked a lot. I've been attacked, Yeah, but it's a different feeling, different feeling. You know, so um, as it relates to what it's like on the ground, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, um, challenge, challenge, challenges everywhere, challenges everywhere, but Dynamo is really good at these sorts of things. We're really creative. We're really smart. So far, so far, uh, so far, uh, you know, you don't want to jinx it. Every single person that we have started to evacuate, we've been successful with. We have a 100% batting average. So if, if we met you on a street corner in Kabul, you landed in New York, period. And we, uh, which we've only done one bus here. I hope and pray that the the Russian air force doesn't doesn't change my stats, and yeah. Russian artillery doesn't change my stats or something like that because yeah. there is collateral damage.
1: And how is the how does the United States government react to organizations like Dynamo, given the fact that? You guys are American citizens and they're probably worried about you guys putting yourselves in in harm's way and and, uh so I'm just wondering have you gotten a response from the from the U.S. government have they said don't go don't get involved in this don't do these things um so in the beginning and again we have a lot more history
2: with the U.S. government than than uh, for Afghanistan than we do for Ukraine right because this is a new problem so from a precedence perspective the precedence is uh is on the uh is on the afghanistan model during afghanistan the the state department weren't exactly supportive of our ideas it started off as they didn't think that we could do it and then when we did it and they didn't support it and they got they got kind of um you know it made it uncomfortable made it uncomfortable uh for guys like me the worst thing the worst thing you could do is tell me it's impossible or no you can't because that tells me challenge accepted so when we did that. We we landed the first charter plane in Afghanistan after the fall of Kabul and, and landed in America. We landed in Chicago. It was unbelievable. So because of that, the State Department and us have had a strained relationship. A lot of good friends at State, people that I love at State, some of my best friends are at State Department, but as an institution, organization to organization, it hasn't exactly been symbiotic to the extent that we kind of operate in Afghanistan where we don't need State Department, frankly. We're we're able to do what we need to do. And they're, you know, we let them know, we talk to them but they don't really do a whole lot with us. For Ukraine, uh, it's so new, so it's too early to tell but I feel supremely confident that, especially because of our past performance, that the State Department is gonna be more inclined than not to help us out if we ask or whatever. The problem is they're very limited in what they're able to do in this context. Mm -hmm. They really are. Like, yeah. I, it, I don't need food supplies because they can, I, like, I don't, I, you know, what, what they're able to support, I really can't do other than just financial support, which we, which we need very badly.
0: Yeah. I mean, but, but to Jason's point though, it feels like that one of the interests of the United States here would be American citizens who are exposed to risk and the, the implications of an American either being killed or captured. You hate to use those words, but that's, that's right. the place where you're at. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, what that could mean in terms of how the United States has to respond, because obviously American citizens and those priorities should come first.
2: So I I don't know. I got to tell you, I don't I don't uh, I don't know that to be true. Um, I'll tell you that we were rescuing. We were rescuing Americans out of Afghanistan in like January 20th, I think was our last big one. Yeah, that's six months almost or five months after the fall of Afghanistan, where every one of those people were asking for help. Right. So. I, I, you know, and again, I always go back to the Afghanistan model because we only have two. We have Ukraine and Afghanistan. We're a new organization from, yeah. Our, Press-
0: I, I have a question for you about um, the people uh, there. I, my understanding is that this week, uh, uh, the Ukrainian government has uh, asked, in fact, mandated that men under the age of 60, I believe, have to stay in the country and fight. Um, right. What impact is that having on your rescue efforts and and the extent to which you, you have men who aren't interested in staying around to fight?
2: Um, so if, if there are men who don't want to stay and fight, I get that. Uh, I was a soldier or, or uh, I was in the military for my entire adult life. Right. Uh, it, it's not for everybody. And I've seen a whole lot of war. And I don't wish that on anybody. Now, every Ukrainian knows what it feels like, every single one. And that there's a reason why they're running away is because war is terrible. So I don't I don't fault a guy who just like I don't fault an American who didn't join after 9/11. It's it's different strokes for different folks. That's okay. That's just fine. What what's good for me is not good for everybody. Um, but we're actually experiencing this right now with a guy on our current rescue who is a Ukrainian with a wife and children. Uh, who is a military age male, and I, I'm i pretty sure I'm going to see him tonight and he's not going to make it across. So it's going to be, you know, again, right, this is one of those you asked before about the terrible stories. This is a guy, he has two, he has a little boy and a little girl who are now my good friends. We just survived a 20 hour drive together. So you, you get to know people real well, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? On the bus. Um, um, I know his wife, I know his two children. And he's now faced with a dilemma: Do I send my children and my wife across into in, into Romania, while I stay here and I guess become a conscript? I guess uh, that's a that's a tall order. Yes, that's a tall order for anybody. So that's happening as we're talking right now. If you if you hear my phone vibrating, that's him texting me. We're working on maybe, you know, options. You know, yeah. other you know mm. um but what but you know it, it's a it's a they conscripted every single military age male because they're fighting the russian army yeah. which is huge huge superior in every single way that's murdering people in the streets for fun because that's what the russian army does right they're 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 incredibly cruel and brutal for centuries That's not news right um And so if I'm the government of Ukraine, I need every I need every I need mommies, daddies, babushkas, grandmas, every single person with a gun, a pitchfork, uh, a set of Legos to make them walk on stuff. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Every little thing they're going to have to pull out all stops. So I get where the government's coming from. I do. But it's it really um, it stings when it's someone who, you know. You know, it, it is, it's things. But uh, that's why we're raising money. It's, it's, exa- it's why we're raising money. It's yeah. it, we, we need financial support to do more rescues and more operations. And we will figure out a legal and safe way to deal with the military-age mail problem. I don't know what the answer to that is yet because it's early days, but we have figured out an answer to every little thing. We We actually flew people. We flew people internationally from Afghanistan to America Who had lost their green card and passport? Wow! And and didn't break the law. We don't bribe. We don't smuggle. I don't do any of that stuff. Because if you're an evacuee, it's taking you from a bad situation and putting you in a bad situation. Right. That's stupid to me. Right. Making you an illegal immigrant in another country makes me makes me makes you via me commit a crime. Why would I want to do that to somebody? it seems so stupid figure there's a legal way to do everything you just have to find it you just have to find it the military age male problem i'll figure something out sure i will I will, even if that means finding a safe haven in ukraine that may be the answer is right a safe even a you know a deserter's island kind of a thing you know a desert a desert island kind of a thing you know i mean i don't know what the answer is yet but is, I'm,
1: so i i wanted to ask um you know, it, it sounds to me like everyone who's involved with Project Dynamo is uh, a military veteran. Do you ever get some civilians uh, in, in the United States who say, I wanna be a part of these rescue missions that, you know, how do I, how do I become a part of Project Dynamo? How do I get involved and, and, and do what you're doing? Um, well, oddly enough, most of Dynamo are not combat veterans.
2: In fact, the majority of them are only a few of us. Um, we have um, we have far left and far right. We're not political. We have we have people who are MAGA hot hat wearing Trump people, and we have people with uh, you know Hillary Clinton bumper stickers. Uh, no kidding. Uh, so uh, we're not a military organization. We're kind of grounded that way because some of us are and some of the founders of it are my you know my friends that started this with me um, that they, they are but 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 we have we have uh, soccer moms we have a financial exec. we have a marketing executive um, we have we have a uh, we have a single mom who who's an Afghan um, Afghan American who was evacuated out of August and wanted to help out after she brought she, she and her, her and her kid got out mm-hmm. um, we have a um, we have a, a Jewish uh, finance guy, good friend of mine, um, we have all kinds of, we have a Canadian database. Uh, I don't know what to call her, Jedi, uh, makes my head <laughs> explode what you can do. Uh, so where um, we are a bunch of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. I'll say that, but, but, you know, we're not um, a lot of other groups, their culture is very much like that, like commando thing, you know, we're not that. We're about performance and success. We're about figuring things out. We're, we're more cerebral, which is, again, that's why we remain the only group who can go from cobble to conus, not even the military. We're the only ones. of so The thousands of other groups that are out there, whatever it is, it's a, we attack the problem set fundamentally differently than most other people. And that allows us to do things sometimes, sometimes that others want to do, maybe, but can't.
0: What's your assessment on the ground of the metal of the Ukrainian people? Because uh, you know, there's all this talk. As you you've laid out already, the, the Russian force is strong, overwhelming, uh, and is coming uh, clearly. It's already there. Um, you know, how long does this conflict stretch on? Do you think this could become an an, uh, an insurgency where you see Ukrainians fighting for a long time for their homeland?
2: Uh, I- I would speculate that it already is an insurgency, and we just it just hasn't made it into the news yet. But they haven't they, have, they haven't had any major wins yet. So they, uh, but I would speculate certainly that there will be an insurgency. Um, number one, number two, the if the crusades, which were terribly bloody, if you read history, one man defending his home is better than ten hired soldiers. Always, 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 always. Max. I mean, bottom line, right? Absolutely. Bottom line. You come into you come into my house. That's a that's gonna be a if you, if you come into my house and you intrude, that's gonna be a really bad day for you. Your mother's gonna cry, right? If I if I we if it, if, it, if there's something about a, a person defending their home and their homeland. There's a, there's a attachment to it. Don't forget. I mean, think about New York on nine 11, right? New York, New Yorkers are not known for being the nicest of all people, right? We're a little direct. We could be coarse. We could be abrasive. These are all things that I've been called in my life, right? (laughs) On nine 11, I was there every single person, black, white, purple, Chinese, Republican, Democrat, uh, Giuliani fans, Giuliani haters, mm-hmm. uh, poor people, rich people, middle-class people, people who didn't know what they were, Yeah. Uh, didn't, right? Everyone joined together to help. Because what happens is when your home is attacked, pe- people, people join together. That's what's great about being, that's what's great about humanity is we, we, we are predisposed to be pack animals and the pack works. You invade someone's home the way Vladimir the way Vladimir Putin did, unprovoked. I mean, if I was a Ukrainian, if I was a Ukrainian, I'd be armed to the teeth and I'd be out there on the street sniping people mm-hmm. and laughing as I did it, because it's it is wholly inappropriate. It's, it's, it's ethically wrong on every scale. Vladimir Putin, from a you know, from a leadership perspective has like 98%, you know, up until recently, you know, 98% approval ratings, right? When, if a politician looks at Vladimir Putin, he's saying, wow, how did he, how, how does he at least inspire his people by truth or by lie? So what? But you can't, you can't dispute the fact that his, the most popular, most popular song in, in Russia for years has been Vladimir Putin's birthday song. about Vladimir Putin's birthday. He's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. How do you go from that to Saddam Hussein level war criminal,
0: which is what he is now?
2: Right? You were there That's-
0: for you, you've been there for weeks, Brian. Did you get the impression what we were hearing in the United States was that that the Ukrainian people were very skeptical that this was even going to happen? That there was a yeah. lot of this kind of I mean, almost happy talk of like, man, the West is really overstating this. In fact, there were um, there have been surveys of Russians who also Russian citizens who thought yeah there's no way there's not going to be an invasion and all of a sudden you know everyone's really confronted with reality here what was the shatter
2: in the lead up to this invasion I, I mean exactly how you describe it uh, even 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 for us uh, we 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 had uh, within Dynamo we had um, significant discussion about you know should we stay is this a waste we're we're donor funded. Yeah. And we're not paid. So, you know, every time we do something, we're very critical of like, hey, look, I mean, this may be a waste of money. And I'd rather spend money on doing rescue somewhere else than than here in Kiev on vacation, essentially. You know what I mean? If we don't have a result, like when do you say when we were we would say things like Putin could sit on the border for another three years. Like When, when, when do you. Yeah. When enough. And um, we, we even internally struggled with like, you know, what do we do? Like, it's probably not. Like what, what rational politician and world leader, member of, this, of the you know, inner circle of the Security Council at the UN, what rational person is honestly going to invade a country in 2022? Mm-hmm. Like really like, you know, unprovoked. You know, even with fake news and make and, uh, disinformation and misinformation and maligned information, even with that, even with that, is he really going to like send 200,000 troops into, into Ukraine for, for what and for why just to stroke his ego? Right. Yes, actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean.
0: That's right.
2: You know, I mean, so a lot of people felt that way, including us, including us. And I know a lot about history. I know a lot about military tactics. I'm a geopolitical uh, uh, consultant often. And me reading the tea leaves,
1: I I was even not convinced. So do you guys ever, I know you have uh, some donors. Uh, I'm wondering, do you guys ever, like you said, talked about a waste of money. Do you worry about running out of resources? And also um, I look at uh, Afghanistan and Russia. The reason I asked my earlier question, which, you know, in your very New York way, I'm from Harlem. So I, kind of understand your very New York way of like being like, you're an idiot, but I want to explain that question. Um, when I was saying that earlier, um, about, uh, you know, uh, what do you do if you're going to encounter the Russian military? Um, I would think, and this is, again, you can tell me if I'm wrong. If I were in Afghanistan, I would try to bribe somebody. That would be like my first, you know, uh, kind of, if I ran into the Taliban, you know, you would try to, you know, be like, Hey, if I can't get out of this, maybe try a bribe. You're not going to be able to do that with the Russian military. I don't think, I think they're, they're far more organized. They're the third largest military in the world. You're not going to be able to do that. Um, So I'm wondering just going back to my question that I was asking now is like, do you guys worry about running out, out of money? And also attached to that is how do uh, people like me and and Vince um, or Vince and I give to Project Dynamo?
2: Perfect. Um, um, are we worried about running out of money? Absolutely. Our first operation that we did, the, the first, Real thing that we did as Dynamo, I put in my credit card, right? Um, and we've had, we, we have been uh, face down in the gutter, you know, with a, with a broken coffee cup begging for money. We've been there and we keep pushing, keep pushing and thank God for generous people. That's all I can say. We've had generous to Berry aviation, uh, uh, Drexel Hamilton, uh, Jim Dagger, uh, Special Operations Warrior Foundation ga- uh, helped us with a bunch of things. Uh, all kinds of people have given a lot of money, but the reality is, is most of our money comes from a dollar here, $5 there, $10 there. So the running out of money is what I worry about every single day because I know the, the, the metal of my team. And just because we run out of money, I know uh, we've seen, it's happened to us where we've been really short. You know, you know what, just put it on my credit card. I'm refinancing my house. You know, well, we'll we'll figure it out just just let's go let's go we got people to move let's go let's go let's go yeah and um that's how we are i mean it's 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 um it's addictive almost uh what can people do you can go to projectdynamo.org there's two really important buttons on there the first button is the donate now button donate please a dollar helps every single dollar goes to either saving a life or saving a life it's that simple it really is the buses don't drive themselves. The, the gas shortages I can't control, food, uh, safe houses, COVID shots, COVID tests, all this, the bus drivers, pilots, planes. I don't have a plane. One day maybe Airbus will donate a plane to Project Dynamo. You know, it's my secret hope, you know, Air Dynamo, be awesome. But um, yeah, you know, but uh, until that day happens, we have to charter flights, they cost money. It costs money. In Tampa, Florida, it's hard to get a COVID test, right? They're, they're short. In New York, it's hard to get a COVID test. You know how hard it is to get a COVID PCR test in Afghanistan?
1: Right? Right. right. Are, are some of the, um, the countries that you're going to, like Romania or Poland, are they requiring that people are COVID tested in order to get in? Not yet, but it's coming.
2: Guarantee you it's coming. I, we learned this with Afghanistan. Guarantee it's coming. 100%. Because at some point they're going to say, you can't, you can't move 40 million, pe- you know, 40 million people, you can't evacuate. So they set up things that are, that make it a filter, not a pump.
0: Right. 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 All right. And so that- what, what's next for you? I know we've, we're, we're short on time, but I just, just finally, I just, what's next for you in terms of your priorities here? Uh, do you have a long list of people kind of lined up that you're looking to get out of the country? What can we expect over these next few days?
2: Um, well, our second operation is underway as we're sitting here. So, uh, that'll be, that'll be awesome. And that one is better than the first one. And we're going to keep on cooking until the threat environment dictates it or until the financial environment prohibits it. So if the, if they start blowing up roads and stuff and I can't do buses and they have MIGs in the air and I can't do planes, I'm going to have to get horses or something. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll figure something out. And as long as we have money, we're going to keep doing stuff. Um, we're, we're, um, we got a real gift for this now. we got a real yeah. gift and there's no, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of really excited people, but they don't know how to do things sometimes. So
0: You know, I can't help but think though, Brian, as you're explaining all of this, that, you know, I think any person feels good when they can help out one other person. Right. But in your position, like you're, you're like running up the scorecard. Like you, like, it's like, you look down, and you're like, man, we just saved 30 people's lives today or whatever the number might be. Um, that's got to bring you some personal satisfaction. I mean, it's not easy what you're doing.
2: It it is the, uh, I've been doing weird things for the military and the government uh, on behalf of the nation my entire adult life. And with with all the cool units and cool places and done all the cool things and all that stuff. And all that combined with ribbons and medals and skydiving and all that stuff. This is by far the best work and most proudest work I've ever done in my life, without a doubt. There is no place I would rather be than right here. Period. I, I, uh, I. It's as scary as it is. We were mis- we were missled earlier today, and I, there's no place I would rather be than right here, doing exactly what I'm doing. I, I um, in the in in the Quran, in the Quran and the Sunnah Masjid, there's a, a saying that's a, it's a like, a, like a, a proverb, if you will, kind of. And it says, um, if you take one life, it's as if you have taken them all. Yeah. If you kill one life, it's as if you have destroyed an entire universe. But if you save one life, it's as if you have saved all the universes in the in, uh, all the universes that were ever created, right? And it, it, um, a friend of mine who I rescued told this to me and it just stuck with me. It really did. And it's, you know, as soldiers, sometimes you do things that you don't want to do right? PTSD is real and the 22 a day thing is real. And I got to tell you, uh, this is, um, I don't, thank God I don't suffer any of that stuff, but, but um, this has been so rewarding and and gratifying. I, I, um, I I really can't describe it into words. I really can't. I went from, I went from being buried alive on 9-11 20 years later, I'm rescuing people in Afghanistan, and now 20 years and a little bit later, I'm in Ukraine, say, there's there's Jews being uh, Jews being targeted by the Russian army, uh, uh, Catholics are being targeted, all kinds of stuff. I it, it is the best work I've ever done, and I've had the most impact on so many people. I it brings me to tears; it really does. I, I, I'm so blessed to have the privilege to do this. I really am.
1: Well, Brian, we we want you to know that um, all of our viewers, I know, whether they're Muslim or Jewish or Christian or whatever religion they may ascribe to, we're all proud of you. The United States is proud of you uh, for the work that you're doing for humanity. Um, I think one of the things that we oftentimes get caught up in in the work that we do, Vincent, Vince and me, is um, you know these kind of partisan bickering that that you know people get involved in. And sometimes there's a guest like you that actually brings us back grounded into humanity and sees what it means, uh, the value of life and, and the work that you're doing is something that I'm proud to be, uh, to say that I'm the same, uh, you know, from the same country as you and, and that, uh, you know, you're representing, you know, American uh, values. And so uh, just, wanted, just wanted to quickly say that, say that I'm super proud of you, I'm super proud of that soccer mom out there who's who's doing what she's doing the person with the hillary you know uh bumper sticker begrudgingly still holding on <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. right <laughs> begrudgingly i'm even proud of the person with the maga hat you know uh for what they're doing for humanity and and that's what's really important we want you definitely to stay safe out there yeah uh sounds like you're definitely a survivor and so that's that's the beauty of it and um you know, keep doing what you're doing, keep, keep, uh, keep rescuing people, keep saving those lives and saving those universes. Um, And and I know that I just want to encourage all our viewers, our viewers, you know, this is the Daily Caller and I'm the left wing guy. So people don't normally listen to me. But what I will say is that, uh, you know, for our viewers, go to projectdynamo.org, donate what you can make sure that Brian can do the work that he's doing. Uh, to the best of his ability so that those children can eat, so that those buses can move, and so that people can get those COVID tests and get to safety. So um, just wanted to say that real quick. I'm really proud of you, Brian. Hope to one day meet you in person. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for all that. Really appreciate that. And
2: happy to be on the show whenever you want. I love to uh, love to spit game a little bit. You know? oh, all right. Yeah. God bless. God bless you, Brian. Please stay safe, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thanks, thanks
1: very much. Thanks, brother.